This podcast is part of the Eat Geek Play Network. For more podcasts about comic books, music, and geek lifestyle, go to eatgeekplay.com. Welcome to the second episode of Repeat the Chorus. My name is Kevin Knight. This week, I sit down with Nick and Jake from the band Citizen to talk about the writing, recording, and the making of their new album, Everybody is Going to Heaven. In 2013, Citizen released their first album, Youth. From pop-punk-loving emo kids to jaded hipster bloggers, Youth landed a place in just about every top 10 list of 2013. With the release of Everybody is Going to Heaven, heads were once again turned as the band evolved their sound even further, adding distortion, layers of noise, and sonic dissonance. The record shows that Citizen didn't want to write the same record twice. After three long months on the Warp Tour, Nick and Jake took a moment to talk about the evolution of this record. I'm Nick. And I'm Jake. And uh, we play in Citizen. We're talking about our new album, Everybody's Going to Heaven. Uh, while we were recording the record, we were uh, lodged up in Conshohocken. Um, we recorded it with our friend Will Yip at uh, Studio 4. And uh, this go-around, um, compared to the last record, we were just way more prepared. And um, so, honestly, it was, you know, doing it was kind of a walk in the park. And, uh, you know, we kind of threw out rules when we went in, and we just decided, you know, we're going to just do our thing and, and make a record that we're really proud of and not be too, uh, too uh, restricted. Yeah, I feel like when you record in Conshohocken, it's so removed from everything else that you sort of do it in a vacuum with no outside influences or anything like that. Right. And uh, I feel like it really gives you a chance to make it exactly the way you want to. And so when you take a step back for it, it's something extremely special. I think, you know, the, the sonic shift um, for the new record was kind of an, a natural thing. Yeah, it sounds bigger. We went through and just really fleshed it out and did tons of noise tracks and there was sort of no wrong answer and we would just try anything and you know if we saw it fit we would keep it if we didn't we would take it out but I think we just really wanted to go for it and just fill it out and make it as huge as we possibly could. All of us were ready to you know do something new and and to push ourselves but also to avoid making the same record twice and um, you know we really had no intention or no desire to do that so that was really important to us making this record that um, you know, we didn't, we weren't concerned about um, expectations, which I think is generally what causes, you know, a sophomore slump, which I, I'll say we avoided. Yeah, we're really nervous about it. And I feel like a lot of people will ask if it was natural that the record turned out the way it did or if it was intended. And I feel like it's both for sure, Absolutely. just because we don't want to repeat something like that. And we really wanted to push ourselves and push the sound and push the community that we're in and everything. And I think we did something pretty close to that.
were making the record, um, there was a point, I think, um, that we kind of took in the album as a whole. Um, I don't really think we wrote singles for the record, um, which I think some people can can take a certain way and maybe not like it or, or you know, uh, push the album away because of that. But there wasn't really a song that we were, um, you know, focused on. It was more like we heard, you know, the record back um, just a tiny bit and we were like, you know, I think we might have made something really cool. Yeah, you'd be up close drawing these little segments of this picture and once you take a step back, you can see it and it turned out really awesome. And I feel like for each person, there's a different point in the recording or a different song where it really locked them in and they're like, wow, this is exactly where this is going and they sort of realize the direction of it and the, and the overall vibe of it. And uh, I think that's cool that five members can have five different songs off the record. There's no one definitive track from everybody's going to heaven. When we were in Philly recording the record, uh, we got word that the Pope was coming to town. And so we made a joke that we were gonna get the Pope to do a feature on the record. And he was uh, too busy for us, but Jake actually um, said that his, his line would have been, everybody is going to heaven. And everybody's eyebrows kind of raised at that point. And then when we were finishing up the record, it kind of came back and we were like, you know, that's, that's the name of the album. It's awesome. I know it's got as it it has like a sort of like silly way to go about naming our record, but it when Ryland was actually the one that said it, and then I said if he's if he's saying that on the record, we would straight up call the record. Everybody's going to heaven, and then everybody like looks around at each other, and it just has like such it's got a lot of gravity to it, and it sounds like a really big title to me personally. So I, I thought it would be cool to to really like swing for the fences and, and try to name it something that is gonna stick around for a, a long time, you know? When we were writing the album, um, you know, some of the albums that I was really into was the uh, the latest Swans record, To Be Kind. Um, that was a big one for me. Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like that. Um, the latest Ice Age record is is one that I really loved going into it. Um, I think that people kind of take take these wild guesses at you know oh they were listening to this because they hear sonic similarities and stuff but um, you know the stuff that we listen to when we go into writing um, doesn't sound like um, you know doesn't sound like our creative output 
and I think that's really cool. And uh, I think that keeps people kind of on their toes guessing, um, you know, what we're going for, what we're into, you know, what our influences are. Um, and like those two records for me going into it were um, my favorites at the time. And, you know, obviously it doesn't, doesn't sound anything like the record, which I think is really cool. Do we expect backlash? Yeah, for sure. It's a huge we departure almost. from youth, and a lot of kids like hold that record extremely near and dear to their hearts. And um, coming at them, going into it, when we listen to the final product, we I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous to, to see the reception and stuff, but um, you just sort of expect that kind of thing, honestly, when it's, it's such a huge shift. You know, it's very obvious to everyone, but it's been received better than I would have ever expected, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I don't want to say we welcome Backlash, but um, we're definitely not not afraid of it, I don't think, and I think that that was really important for us because previously I was really afraid of, of Backlash, and, you know, coming off of youth, you know, when people would say certain things, it would, it would discourage me, and so I wanted to make sure that we wrote a record that allowed us to, you know, not be afraid of backlash at all and just kind of do our own thing and uh, not be concerned for about, you know, what the reception would be like. But it has been really cool. Um, you know, I think it's good that it's, it's kind of polarizing and, you know, I think that will only give the record uh, more longevity than we had with youth, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely a challenging listen and uh, I think it creates dialogue that way, and I think that could be beneficial when it's all said and done, you know? Definitely. writing process generally is write songs slowly for a year and within the last two months uh, scrap all those songs and write uh, the entire album in those two months and we stuck to that um, so you know there was there were early demos and stuff and early songs that uh, we just pitched and we wrote um, nine out of the ten songs um, within the two months before we recorded and um, then we wrote one of them while we were in the studio so um, I don't know I just I think when we're under pressure we write better songs and uh, I don't know I think we're we, as the the date of recording creeps closer we're a little hungrier I live an hour away which doesn't seem like a big deal even at the time and it's like oh we have so much time to practice and get the songs down and then, you know, we're going in the studio next month, and I have been down once or twice. And so we just come down, I come down for days at a time, and we just hammer it out all there, you know. And fortunately, this time around, we had a lot of time in the studio to be able to really flesh out the songs we came in with and really make sure that's exactly the way we wanted to, you know, lay them down. 
I actually love straight up right the beginning of this of Dive Into My Son is probably my favorite part of the song. practice just us jamming through it right when I come right when it comes in I feel like it's so effective and it immediately just sounds you know sonically so clear which is you know not always the case on on the new record um, there's a lot of dissonance and you know and that still exists in Dive Into My Son but the first few moments there's just a lot of clarity and I yeah, think that's it's got really cool. in its own weird way has sort of like a bright energy to it, the way it comes in and the sort of tempo that it's sitting at and everything, and uh, it's got a cool vibe. Dive into my son was a song that um, Matt wrote. Uh, before we went into the studio and it was uh, truly not very much like what it ended up being. I think in the studio it kind of became its own monster. Um, Matt's not a guitarist so when he when he writes um, songs they're very bare bones and uh, they're generally uh, just chords that he you know a chord progression with uh, vocals over it and that song um, the the verse riff was something that um, I did the first time he showed it to me. And uh, it ended up being one of my favorite tracks on the record. And I think that probably one of the strongest citizen choruses that we've ever done. Um, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a really cool song. Matt's vocal performance on Dive Into My Son is truly next level, in my opinion. Super impressed. Him and I were actually sleeping in a van in the UK the house was really disgusting and we didn't want to sleep in it and he had just like got the guitar out and started like licking around and he started playing with that and even right there this was a, su a summer ago a year ago now I thought it was going to be something really cool and um, Diamond and My Son is actually uh, the title was a contender for the record name as well yourself uh, was one that was kind of um, kind of a curveball for us I feel like the path that the record was taking uh, was pretty different from numb yourself and I think that still exists and that's still um, that's still there but I think it fits on the record in a really really cool way I don't think we've ever offered that that vibe in a song before. A lot, a lot of the lyrical play on this whole record are extremely in-depth and they're extremely personal and some are very cryptic. And um, I think 
myself included, people really like to grab onto something like that. I think my favorite lyric of the song is, pay it forward until you're free. I think that's, I think that's a really cool lyric. I think Matt, Matt really uh, upped, upped his lyrical prowess 1, on, on this album. I think it came out really cool, not only because it's, uh, I feel like, a moment, a moment of air on the record. Um, I just, I think it's really cool. It's definitely the, the brightest song on the record. I think, I think it turned out really awesome. Yeah, that swing really puts it, sets it apart for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Stain was one um, that uh, I wrote um, kind of out of nowhere. I was playing with the riff in my head for the longest time, and I never played it on a guitar until we demoed it. And it was just the bass line was in my head. And uh, then Matt and I demoed it out, and um, I thought it was really, really cool. We had never done a song like that. And uh, I feel like at that time, um, it met my uh, initial vision really well. And uh, yeah, so I feel like that is, that's one that a lot of people like. And I, I think is almost, I think we'll have kind of its own pocket of people that really like it, um, which I think is really cool. I don't think we really, have a song like that. Yeah, I think it, Stain helps symbolize the overall urgency and, and dirtiness and darkness that's on that record. I think it really brings that vibe. A lot of people um, have caught the real touch and go record sort of influence. It clearly sounds very similar to like Jesus Lizard or like Shellac or things like that that we also have been listening to. Nick and I will trade stuff like that back and forth and um, really come out in that song in an awesome way. You know, especially in this in this realm of bands, uh, nobody it's kind of a, an overlooked, you know, group of bands, which I think is unfortunate because I think you know. Those are some of our, our favorite bands. We can Absolutely. tap that, and then maybe kids can sort of trace those lines back to, to certain bands like that. I think that would be really cool, too. Late. Everybody's Going to Heaven is available at your local record store. Stream it on Spotify or Apple Music. Make sure you catch the band live. They're amazing. They're hitting the road with Circus Survive and RX Bandits pretty soon. Go over to citizentheband.net for all the tour dates. Make sure you follow the band on Twitter. It's at citizenmi. And while you're on Twitter, go ahead and follow us. We're at EatGeekPlay. Go over to eatgeekplay.com if you want to check out more podcasts about comic books, music, and geek lifestyle.
This is the part of the podcast where I have to ask you for a huge favor. I'm not asking for money, but please go over to Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you downloaded this podcast from and leave us a review. Tell your friends about this podcast. Please get the word out. I really enjoy doing this podcast and I want to make sure it sticks around. Next week, Lindsay from the band Paris talks about their new album, White Noise. White Noise.